legendary dugout. Hey. I'm just gonna get right into business. You're too late, it's Benny, aka the man of many velour suits. Um, <laughs> we got my brother, the eye in the sky that make everybody look fly. Yep. Martel Marty. He's <laughs> positive Marty today. Uh, <laughs> we got the we got the silver surfer. <laughs> Sometimes it's evil Marty. Like it's evil Marty, and then there's positive Marty. It's like it's 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 no in between. It's, it's, there's no like middle of the road Marty. And but I love them all. I love either Marty. It doesn't matter. Like, I love them all. That Gemini multiple. You know the duels. Like you know what I'm saying. And then you got the silver surfer, cute blooded master of waves. <laughs> and we have a special guest. I'm not going to sit up here and cap or lie or, yes, super special. I didn't know who you were. Um, no, no, it's not an insult. I'm just keeping no, it real. No, it's all good. And so Marty was like, hey, how would you like doing another episode interviewing someone else? I'm like, all right, we already interviewed one person this week. We usually try to do it one a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We got to respect the space. But um, I was like, yeah, ask Q. <laughs> I'm with it. I, I don't care. And uh, he, t- he told me, and I was like, okay. So, of course, I go straight to Instagram. I'm like, hmm. I, 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 look, for, I look for videos mm-hmm. first because I want to see how people speak. And then I'm like, all right, do I think I could vibe with this person? Like, would they be insulted by, like, my sense of humor, like, you know, stuff, you know. No, typical, like, worrisome stuff in my of my personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but when I heard you talk, I was like, there's a lot of, like, intention, like, when you speak. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt very, uh, like, warm, sure, intentional, and, and, like, it was just energy. I'm like, all right. That's somebody that I would love to be around. Oh, thank and, you. And it's just something about... I always, I always was taught that, like, intention is like a seed. Mm-hmm. And, like, you you either you plant it or you just watch it. If you're just watching the seed, it won't grow. If you plant it, it'll grow. And then when you do put it in the ground, you got two options. You're either patient or you're impatient. Mm-hmm. You know, some people plant the seed and dig it back up. Like, mm-hmm. oh, why aren't you growing? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That type of stuff, man. And when I heard you speak, I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is like... Like, I, I forgot what you were speaking about, though, at the time. It was something that I needed to hear. Mm, <laughs> look at guys. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't sad or anything. It's just some <laughs> things you just want to hear. You yeah. need to hear. I'm like, oh, yeah. that made my good day go to a great day. Like, uh, and um, I love that. I, I'm, I'm rambling. We have the great <laughs> Risha Archibald in the uh, dugout. Clap it up for us right now. Thanks, guys. She's in town, and she... First of all, thank you for stopping by. Of course. Thank you time. for having me. She has a little one on the way. Nephew. Yes. <laughs> Had to make that clear. I'm sorry. Not trying to have your parents run up on right. me. I got a grandbaby. Another one. <laughs> so how are you feeling? I'm feeling great, man. Like, it's just a blessing to be home um, with the fam, you know, um, it's always a, a blessing to come to St. Louis, though. I, I love the city, um, and I just, you know, was blessed to bump into Marty the other day, and he was like, yo, you want to do the podcast? I'm like, yeah, I'll do the podcast. Like, let's do it. Yeah, Marty the plug. He the plug, man. And, um, you know, I just, I'm grateful for relationships like that that I've had for decades at this right. point. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we met. 
Probably like O two. Yeah. O1. Maybe even before then. Yeah. Through my brother Focus. Yeah. Shout out to his... Focus. Yeah. <laughs> it's my guy. It's my guy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm feeling great. Oh, congrats on uh, cause we were talking about it off here, uh, the strike. That. Thank yes, thank God. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yes. That things get up, signed. <laughs> like, we just got an agreement, but. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you about it, though, that I didn't was when the strike was going on, did you stop creating just in total? Like, all right, like, mm. like when you're at home, you're like, all right, I'm just stopping everything. I'm going to just focus on this. Or did you just keep creating at home? Oh, no, we, we kept creating. Like, okay. I mean, there really is no stopping. Like, of course, I maybe uh, took a nap or to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where I couldn't do that off. at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? But no, I mean, we were constantly um, developing projects and having conversations, keeping momentum, and, um, you know, just projects at the helm that we had already kind of in the works. Like, mm-hmm. we couldn't talk a whole lot about them because, you know, with the writer strike being what that was, we couldn't talk to any writers right. for any projects that we had. So we tried to pivot and focus on some um, reality show type things. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were always figuring out ways um, to pivot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I definitely took some time to travel. I was in St. Louis a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I was in Atlanta a lot. Um, but yeah, it was it was a combination of like self-care and work. Okay. Which was very needed for me because I actually had just left well, actually right the the writer's strike was going on when I was filming my show Johnson in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, but that show is not union, so we weren't affected by the strike. Okay. And we wrapped um, June 9th, and the actor strike was about to start at the end of June, but they extended the negotiations out to, like, the second week of July. Mm-hmm. So we barely made that. Thank God we mm-hmm. were able to wrap everything. Um, so, yeah, it was um, it was actually a break that was needed for me mm-hmm. because I literally had just spent five months in Atlanta filming in in two weeks in the Bahamas filming my show so um a sister was tired you hear me <laughs> <laughs> like how I was tired how like, did the strike make you like feel like when, when once it got into the thick of it yeah like, the, how did you how did you feel like what type of emotions were I was very um irritated mm-hmm. very frustrated very hurt and um I felt like the powers that be didn't do all they could to protect the people who actually are the masterminds behind the things that make them the billions of dollars. Right. Like, and how many yachts fair. do you need? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, how many? And then to have conversations like, we, you know, we're going we're gonna to push this until you all lose your homes. Like, what? Oh, like, yeah. Like, where's humanity? That. Right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like, what? Yeah. Like, so, so when I heard things like that, or I, I see, you know... Um, things like this be drawn out and people are lo- literally losing their homes and going back home and just losing everything. Um, it, it just makes me wonder, like, really, where is the humanity? On the other side of it, like, as someone who's not in the industry, mm-hmm. like, I got to see, like, how, I guess, like, insensitive people 
were, like, yeah. as, as, like, consumers, yeah. where I would, like, again, we was like, hey, I'm about to lose a home. Hey, bro, like, you should have saved your money better. I'm like, well, what, you can go down to uh, just a person who's in a regular working force. They don't have 10000 just put away. Right. Like, if you went and did a survey of it, mm-hmm. I know I damn sure don't. Right. And, and I make pretty decent money, you know? And mm-hmm. just to see, like, that kind of, like, instant, instant insensitivity from mm-hmm. people, I guess, I don't want to, they don't really, like, understand the business or how it works. Exactly. And I'm like, yo, like, you got to do some research on how, like, people get paid, whether it's right. in, like, TV and, like, shows and syndication and mm-hmm. movies and stuff like that. This mm-hmm. is like, I remember, I forgot what actress said this, but she was like, no, I don't have a lot of money. It's just like, hey, like, I get a call, I got the job, cool. Damn. And I may not have a job for the next Six, seven, eight months. Exactly. And it's like, I have to make that one job's pay stretch. Right. And a lot of people wouldn't. And those of us who live in LA, the cost of living is so high. (laughs) Right. Like, it's so crazy because people be like, you live in LA? Oh, let me hold some. Do you know I live in the probably the second most expensive uh, city in the country? No, you let me hold some. Let me. I need something. Right. Okay. But yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Like, um, and what people don't really understand is, like, most of the people who are in the union are not regular working actors. Right, right. Like, I'm in the union. I've been in the union since 2012. And for a long time, most of the things that I was booking was commercials mm. or back, back background work for film and TV and commercials. So making $300 a day. You know what I'm mm. saying? So, like, people just don't understand and not, not getting any health benefits. You know what I'm saying? So there are a lot of yep. things that people really don't understand. So when we're fighting for um, um, making sure that AI is not, like, um, taking our Im- our likeness. Oh, they was holding on like, to that. Like, you know, things like that is so important because we're part of the union for a reason. We worked our butts off to right. be a part of the union. So if I'm, gonna, if I'm going to um, put myself in a position to not do any non-union work— I, this needs to make sense for me. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it's unfortunate how people are just so um, ignorant yeah. to how things work. And in their minds, just because you work in the film and TV industry, you have it all. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, that that is not the case at all. Like, the way they pay out, um, you know, if you don't have the best um, attorneys or... Even if it's the role. So, for instance, if I'm an actor on a TV show and I'm, like, number 30 on the call sheet. Mm-hmm. So, you have your main actors, you know, one through five. We'll just say one through five. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at Insecure, mm-hmm. one through four, I think, was, like, the main characters. Right. Right? Um, everybody under that, they're likely getting scale pay. And what that means is SAG has a rate that's their base rate. And you can go up from there. You can't mm-hmm. go below it. Okay. So a lot of roles are just that scale. Right. And it's for that day. It's not something that you get every time. So that, that so it would basically be based on if that that scale goes up, it would basically be based on, I guess, like the morality of the people who was running the show. Like, hey, we should raise you to this. Yeah, basically. Because I, yeah. I, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, what's say? put, like, negative, like, assume the worst of people. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are like, oh, this is the base pay I got to pay? We paying the base. 
And that's well, it. it. You know, sometimes um, that's what your project can afford. You know what I'm mm, saying? So okay. every not every project has the same budget, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to maneuver how you can with what you have. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I might you might be getting ten thousand dollars on a Netflix movie, but if I have a a, a show on. BET or or you know to be or bounce or something like that where their budgets aren't as big then we got to scale it down and oh, it okay. just is what it is it's not it's no shade to anybody that's what we can't afford is it hard to have like those type of negotiations to have somebody come from <clears throat> 10,000 to it can be yeah but that's where relationships come in too okay like you know yeah. So the strength of your face card, they'd be like, oh, Reese is good people. I'll do it for, for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And I, we'd have to negotiate with their agents or attorneys or whomever it is, you know, and call in favors where we can. You know what I'm saying? But it just all really depends. But that's the other thing people don't understand. Like, and that's what you get for the first time. And then the more times that show airs, the money dwindles every time. Really? How does that work? Mm-hmm. Well... It's just um, just how residuals work. Like, say, for instance, after 10 runs, like, you're getting a certain amount um, for every run for 10 runs, and then mm-hmm. it dwindles. It's just how the sad contracts go. Okay. So that's why it's so important to negotiate these contracts well because, you know, once the runs are done, you're making pennies. Like, I literally get checks that are... 10, 10 cents. Like, it's, it costs them more money to, to send mail it. <laughs> me the check. Like, I, I, and I don't even be cashing them, honestly. I need to call SAG and be like, can that's you just gr- compile my stuff, please? I probably have about $100. Like, that's a grounds for me to cuss you. <laughs> I'm going to cuss you out. Like, I'm going to call, like, I'm, I'm going to figure out, all right, how, who, <laughs> whose number I got to call to, like, v- yeah, send me 10 cent checks? Yeah. Yeah, because once they take, they take taxes out and everything else. They they taking their taxes, baby. You better believe it. But I'm, mm-hmm. I guess I don't want to say I'm confused, but I wonder how they were able to. I guess like get over for so long, where again, like we were saying, like how like streaming just kind of like boomed. It was it always been there. I can't remember like, the first time I seen Netflix. It used to be outside, like, in a little box, a little red, red box, box stuff. That was Red Box. But, um, red Box kicked it off. Yeah, and and then that's... No, Netflix used to be mail, too. Like, they would mail it mm, to you. Because yeah. my, my pops did, like, order, like, some, like, deep, like DVD movies and stuff like that through yep. Netflix. Yeah. And then I, I think I started streaming probably, like, 2014, maybe. Mm-hmm. Around there. Mm-hmm. And the good old days when it was, like, four bucks a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, we up at twenty, and then that and y'all see that, and y'all be like, "What? Like we don't get none of that?" Mm-hmm. That's insane to me. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Because especially with like the AI portion of it, because that when I what I was reading was they were like really that part was kind of holding up like the negotiations mm-hmm. a lot, and then they were kind of like. Well, why do you care? I'm like, well, it's the same reason why the people of Disney. I can't use Mickey Mouse exactly. the way I want, you know, like, and they fought to for now for that. Absolutely. So what's the, what's the difference for actors? Like, hey, you just gonna use my face, my likeness, and right. then just get paid for it? Yep. Slavery. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Like, and they don't want to say it, but yep, I'm gonna say it. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad y'all 
right yeah. now is kind of is good. It's in the green and gray, gray space right now, so we'll see what happens. Now, okay, you're multi-talented. Mm-hmm. Singer, mm-hmm. actress, mm-hmm. producer, mm-hmm. Um, chiropractor. I don't know. You do, you do everything. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like <laughs> you do everything. Out of all the stuff, like, what, what would you say was, like, your, like, biggest passion? Definitely singing. Singing, okay. Yeah. Yeah, my, my mama raised us singing, like, since we were, like, born, basically. When I say we, my, my young, I have five brothers, but my youngest brother, Will, Focus mm-hmm. as the people in St. Louis, not him. Um, yeah, we we were born harmonizing. Like okay. it's it's my therapy. Like yeah, you have something. But we favorite. also, huh? Yeah, like a favorite like song harmonies you remember from that time, or it was just whatever your mom played. Yeah, she would just be like, "Risha, you hold this note. Will you hold that note?" She would jump in, and we just sing. <laughs> <laughs> She's a choir director. Uh, she, you know, absolutely is. <laughs> she absolutely is. Shout out to Sarah Archibald. Shout out to her. Yes, yes. Um, but we were acting at an early age, too. So those are the two things that stuck. Like, my parents had us in a lot of different things. They were very big on, like, um, allowing us to try whatever we wanted to try. That's amazing. A yeah. lot of parents aren't like that. They are not. I'm very uh-huh. grateful. And I pushed it. Like, I'm, I'm big on mentorship, and that's one thing I, um, I'm really big on is exposing our youth to as many things as possible. Yeah, because I, I think a lot of, like, our parents, like, our generations before us are kind of, like, fearful of, like, anything mm-hmm. that's, like, creative. Yeah. So it's just like, hey, no. I don't know if you should do this. Yeah. Like, Both my co- parents are very creative. Like, my daddy is a visual artist. Okay. My mama is a singer, and um, she played instruments growing up. Um, and she's the one who got us into acting, too, so she's an actress as well. Okay. But she's a teacher by trade, so that I think she just innately had that kind of creative spirit about her, too. So, yeah. Like, did you have, like, a... What... what? I'm going to put you on the spot because it's kind of <laughs> hard. I don't like doing, like, top five. It's impossible to do, like, top ten, top five and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. But, like, when you, what what albums or al- album or albums that you feel kind of, like, capture, like, your up- upbringing? Oh, that's a tough question. Um... I don't know why this hit me, but the Pace Sisters. Um, you familiar with the Pace Sisters? They're a gospel group. Um, where are they from? Were they from Detroit, too? Like yeah, all those major gospel singers are from Detroit. You're right. Um, the Pace Sisters. Like, I just remember my mama playing them all the time, and um, they just, man, they go. Like, if you ever get a chance, go go find the Pace Sisters. Mm. They, man, amazing. Like, the them and the Clark sisters, they they neck and Definitely neck. They <laughs> neck they neck and neck for okay. sure. Um I can't I can't think of the name of the album. I'm I'm not the best with um sorry. Or you could just say artists. Um That that works better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Um Honestly, like any of the seventies artists, like my parents stayed playing records and um, you know, your Al Greens and your... Oh, he was just in um, town. My mama saw him on Saturday. Oh, 
Yeah, my mom and mom teared me up like, Al Green's in town. I'm like, oh, for, like, that nigga alive? And like, yes. I know. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry, mama. Like, and wait. kicking. <laughs> and killing and, it. And yeah, they, yes. they, man, my family loved it. They Yo, said it was a good show. I saw him. So I, I treated my parents to um, a, a concert scene, Al Green and, and um, Gladys Knight Oof. at the Fox. Oh, yeah. For their anniversary. And That's I was fire. like, I'm going to be the third wheel because I'm going to. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my God. Yo, you the y'all. favorite. <laughs> y'all. The favorite. Oh, my God. Like <laughs> You those... moved up the rankings of the children. <laughs> She's at the top. <laughs> Man, like, yeah. Um, um, Gladys Knight, um, Aretha Franklin, like, those soul singers. Soulful. Very soulful household. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very, very. And then the 90s, you know what I'm saying? Big ups to 112. Like, 112 is, like, my favorite boy band. Okay. I feel that. <laughs> it's not the pop- most popular opinion, but I don't I, care. I feel bad for amazing. slandering them, like, a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was because... What was happening? Okay, so somebody compared a song. Uh, What song was it? Uh, was it Cupid? Uh-huh. Um... I forgot what? what it was, but it was compared to like Jodeci, and I was like, "No, mm. stop this!" And then like, it, like, and then I like One Twelve too. Don't get it twisted. Like, I love One Twelve, <laughs> but it was just they were comparing songs, and I'm like, "Nah, this don't, this don't." Yeah, that's the thing too. Like Jodeci, Jodeci is Jodeci. Jodeci is like the the group mm-hmm. that everybody was kind of patterned after. Yeah. Um. But I would say there are some songs that 112 has that are very, like, they're still current sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas some of the Jodeci songs sound dated. Yeah, it's 90s, early 90s. Yeah. Because I, I look at everybody like this, like, <laughs> it's like, you know how you have, like, Godfather, like, Michael Jackson, like, Prince, and, like, James Brown's above mm-hmm. them. Like, for, like, bands like, 112, Drew Hill, like, Jodeci. I have, yes. like, Bobby Brown is, like, the godfather. And then he's just, they're just his children. Like, it just comes out, like, everybody. Yo, Bobby Brown was a problem. Yeah. Like, I was listening to him yesterday, and I was like, man, Bobby Brown, that Bobby Brown boy, he was he, something else. He was the bad boy, the first bad boy, I think. And yeah. that Jodeci's whole, like, image Kind of yeah. was like molded in that, mm, and then I can it, see then, that. Then yep. like BBD, even though those those his brothers, they yeah. kind of like followed suit, and yeah. then it just trickled down. Yep, and I, like, I yep, I can see that off one album, like because yeah. Don't Be Cruel was just like massive yeah. back then. Like every song was literally a hit. Yeah, it was. And oh man, I, that's why I don't like calling people like oh one hit one. Just like no that that yeah that yeah. there. That's yeah. different. That's like the playbook, the blueprint. Yeah. And everybody followed it. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. That's true. I love the 90s yeah. and 70s. That Man. 80s get slept on a little bit, but. You know, 80s isn't my favorite. Um, Because I grew up in a household that was very soulful. So I'm used to like live instrumentation and like very soulful vocals. The mm. 80s like kind of get a, got away with that with the synthesizers. Sense, yep, you know what yep. I'm saying? And I ain't like that. Because the only there person... Were like, there were some jams in the 80s, you know what I'm saying, hands down, like but like... Like Anita Baker. Um, and see, and, I, and this is unpopular. And this is Luther. unpopular because 
I'm a singer, so I want to sing along. And I couldn't understand what she was saying. So I, I, wasn't, really, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't always really vibing with the music maker. You know, but I, she, but she got some jams. Yeah, and you know goes, what? I'm going to tell you something. Rapture is that, that joint. Listen, she got some smashes. Angel of mine. Like, mm-hmm. she's, she's undeniable. Mm-hmm. You got to give it to her. Like, her sound is, like, like, you know it's Anita. Yeah. And you know somebody who's trying to sound like her if they're trying to sound like her. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, so she she is amazing in that way. But I could not understand what she was saying a lot of times. And that was the, that was my problem. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't I couldn't vibe with it. I'm just I'm just <laughs> I'm just a super fan of the 80s. Like I don't know Are why. You? Yeah, like just in general, like just 80s culture. Mm. Just so like 80s was popping though. I was born in 82. So yeah, I mean 80s was bomb. So I, I like New edition and yeah. like, and I'll be sure and stuff like that. Yeah, like, they were definitely amazing, but my parents were still playing seventies music back then, as they should be. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> so I was still really in that seventies wave. Were they and in then, the Donna Summer at all? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. Had to make sure. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> all the greats. But yeah, um, the nineties though, I felt was like the perfect mix of. 70s and, and 80s. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. It, it was something about the 90s oh, and across the board, whether yes. it was like gospel, R&B, hip-hop. Yep. It's just like everybody had like their own identity. Yes. It was just oh. very just like, <laughs> like, all right, if someone does like a style, mm-hmm. an artist or a group will look at it like, all right, we have to come up with a totally different style. They mm-hmm. wouldn't try to, like, implement it nope. into theirs. So, like, Wu-Tang didn't sound like Tribe. Nope. Tribe didn't sound like Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just, like, everybody was just trying to, like, all right, you did that? Watch this. Mm-hmm. And, and as, a, as a fan, it's just, yes. like, amazing. Yes. And... That I, still holds to this day. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody knows you're trying to sound like somebody from the 90s. Like, oh. that individualism... It, was unprecedented. Like, it, it gets, yeah. Once, once Bridges left music, yeah, that's when it got weird. Yeah, I agree. I love listening. Like my fa- one of my favorite Bridges is uh, SWV. Use your heart. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and I listened to it. I'm like, and I just start crying. I'm like it's not the same anymore. <laughs> like, what is, like where did we go? I, f- I failed you. I failed the generation below me. And it feels I feel bad. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's, it's not the it's, same. It's like the the it's like it's almost like robotic now. Yeah. Like you know what is missing is love. Like yeah, I was oh. um I was I was at the grocery store in mm-hmm. L A at Ralph's. Big up to Ralph's. <laughs> Kroger, Kroger little sister. <laughs> or baby, actually, because Kroger acquires everything. Anyway, um, I was in I was in the supermarket in the produce aisle, or section rather, and one of the workers came, a Hispanic brother, mm-hmm. came over, and whatever song was on, it was a 70s song. So we're vibing, mm-hmm. singing, we're both dancing, and we just started laughing. And I was like, this was the time. And he was like, what do you think we're missing? And I was like, love. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah. And that's what it is. Like, mm-hmm. we we lack that very important element. It's just like cooking. Like, if love's not in it, it makes a difference. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, and we missing church, too. Mm. Oh, you're right. Because the best singers I've seen... 
come through church. So like yep. Cisco from Drew Hill. There's yep. like footage of him on YouTube Everybody. in church. Everybody. Just wailing away to, to, to God. Like, That's why Coco D'Angelo. Jones, Coco Jones is so refreshing to me. Ooh, I, like I saw, every time I hear, I'm like, oh. I seen so a good. video of her. I think it's when she was here, I think, or close to here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, the mic is on. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. I haven't seen, have I seen? Yeah, I saw her live at a, a music event. Was it Soul Train Awards? I think it was Soul Train Awards. She's on tour now. I think she, she did come here and somebody, she did come here. She was the, yep, Delmar Hall. And um, a girl I know was, was there, had the footage, and man, she was, Killed it, she huh? was showing out. Like, oh, yeah. She was, no. Like, the only word I can think of when I think of her is refreshing. Because mm. she got that church on her, man. And she's very funny. She has a very cool personality, mm. too. Like, I was I was campaigning for her because they're saying, like, the princess, princess and the frog, like, live action. Like, oh, her. Oh, yeah. Get her. <laughs> and she's a Disney kid, so it makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, I was hearing the story about how, like, she really started popping. Like, you know, people were calling it out. Like, yo, like, she was a Disney kid. Y'all was pushing pushing Zendaya because she was a light-skinned black mm, girl. Yeah. And y'all just pushed Coco Jones off to the side. I didn't even know that because when Zendaya was around, I, yeah. we were probably in college, college at that yeah. point. <laughs> so I had no idea who that, you know, who she was until she got older. But so I didn't know that Coco Jones was a Disney kid. So I'm excited to see her doing her thing. Mm, yep. But everything in God's timing, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't know what was, what needed to happen. Right. But she's killing it now. Like, she's all over the place as she should be. Yeah. So more, more of Coco Jones. Yeah, like, it's the, when I would listen to, like, certain songs certain people and again that that love that like people we human at the end of the day man at the end of the day and it's just like i just want to hear just the real like because think about it like 70s music just has a different whether it's like if i'm listening to like donna summer to like pink floyd or to Jimi hendrix like, why are they able to make something so timeless, but mm-hmm. we can't today? And you have more. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of like sure. this quote I read like a while ago. I forgot the name of the guy. He was like in the, he was born in like 1920 something. But mm-hmm. like he, he basically said, the ancient people had one idea. They had one secret, and. Fast forward, technology got better. We had all the secrets. We had all the information. But what came with it? More violence, mm-hmm. more lust, mm-hmm. um, depression, mm-hmm. everything. And, like, why is that? And, it, like, it really <laughs> make you think. Like, I remember I was uh, reading the story of, like, how Led Zeppelin, like, recorded this song. And it was, like, makeshift. But the way they did it. Mm-hmm. But... It can't be duplicated today with the technology because it's the love that they had for it mm-hmm. and the passion for it. like we gotta have this sound like this. Mm-hmm. That's what's missing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is to me easy clicks. A lot of it's just like I always see is like a lot of easy clicks to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like even watching a Wu Tang series, just how RZA was just like just beating on stuff. It's just like mm-hmm. yo, it don't sound right. It don't sound right. Mm-hmm. I need I need to sound like this, mm-hmm. and it's just like taking time. Of course, back in the eighties, nineties, it was just like this. Is the record, 
we gotta make this record last. Mm -hmm. Like today, it's just like you can it's a new song come on every day, mm -hmm. and it's not saying got to be an easy everything's accessible. So it's just like mm -hmm. in the '90s, it's like I don't know. Next time we do another album, so it has to hit. Mm -hmm. We all have to be in this room instead mm -hmm. of me emailing each other mm -hmm. and just like, oh, how does that sound? Okay, cool. It's not that energy. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling, yeah. It's, and and back with R and B, it is a love missing. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of always blame uh, Janae Eichel. Because she was like the heart, the, like the heartbreak, and so it went from heartbreaking to being toxic, and mm -hmm. to like I was listening to SZA, I was in Atlanta, my homegirl just loved her, and I was like, I literally listen to the lyrics, I'm like, I love SZA, but like, it's just like everything is very toxic and mm -hmm. very, I'm gonna get you back, or like, um, I'm messing with your homeboy, like, mm -hmm. uh, and all that. I'm just like, why can't you just miss me? And like, and why can't yeah. you just miss me? Like, I right, Benny, I'm gonna make a song about you. I don't want you to be around, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna sing my heart out about right. you being around. And I'm like, oh well, I'll rap about you being around. You know, like Mary J and Method Man. You know, like mm -hmm. something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's soul in that. It's yes. love in that. He told her, "You my nigga." Mm -hmm. <laughs> he meant it. Like, she you said, "You all need to get back." Exactly. He right. meant like, it. That's that's a perfect example because every everything is just toxic. Or just hypersexual. Like the, Absolutely. The, the, I think Division's here tonight, too. Oh, uh, yeah, like, he is. Oh. And it's just like, I love them. It's just like, they have a little bit like love, but it's still very mm -hmm. hypersexual, too. But it's mm -hmm. just, even back in the day, like, you go to the 80s, it was I always alluded to it. Like, me repeting, like, in the 70s. Oh, or, like, don't very get me started. Allude. <laughs> To it and just like oh like this sound groovy oh because like, they were freaky back in the day oh, yeah. but but it was but it was it was the love that it was, was over love. it it, it was, was subtle because come on Teddy yes. Pendergrass come yes. and go with me yes. come to my the way yes. he sang it was just it's like what he said just think about it yes. he told her to just think about it <laughs> with cassettes like come on think about it yes. just think like, about hey, it think about it yeah like yes. yeah you know, like yo like it, it was. It was grown man. Like, yep. it was very grown manish. Like, all right, I could... Any any woman would be like, oh, he mean it. Yeah. And it don't, it don't feel weird. You right. know, like, it's like, he really want me to come over. But then mm -hmm. he'll flip around and do Heartbreak Love TKO. Like, mm -hmm. it, he'll flip it where it's like, oh, my God. Or even if it was greasy, like, it still felt good. <laughs> like... That soul, you that know what I'm love. Saying? Yeah. That, that love. That, yeah. I feel old. <laughs> no, you really think about it. The music we really grew up on, it's just like, man, like, going even to the 90s, it was just like, when they would start being very sexual, like, I remember mm -hmm. Sex Me Up. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, as a kid, like, wow, this is crazy. And just like, damn, that, that, that was a bop. It was, it was a bop. That was, it was just a like, bop. yeah, that's cool. But it was just like they were corny, but it was a bop. Like, oh, like yo. So like, there was like, nice was like getting an introduction to like really being sexual on records, mm -hmm. but also we had the groove. So yeah, like I, always, yeah. I like you know I love New Jack Swing because like it has a bounce, it has a groove, mm -hmm. it makes you want. That's my dance. favorite genre. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Teddy Riley was just in his bag at oh, that man. point. What? Like that that man, because he had Black Street, yeah. then Guy, yeah. And then he did he Bobby Brown. He was discovering Brown. everybody. Yeah, like, it was just... Like, all the biggest producers, like Dark Child. And, yep. Like, uh, yeah. Because I think it was Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis mm -hmm. and that did the new Jack Swing and him. Mm -hmm. and, and you saw when Bruno Mars brought it back. Oh, man. And... Listen. And had one of the best writers with him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Anderson Pack and and Bruno... Doing their group was like everything we didn't know we needed. Yep. 
Because it gave exactly what you guys are talking about, that love that yeah. we needed. Well, every time I play after last night, oh, my goodness. <laughs> got Bootsy on there. I'm like, oh, Man, what? this is what I needed. <laughs> and to bring the legends back, like, like, yes. Because I think it's like, it's students. Mm-hmm. They're students. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not enough students anymore. Mm-hmm. And I I remember I went to, uh, I was in that, what was it, the ASCAP Expo? Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to two of them. Mm-hmm. And um, Bruno and uh, um, what's it called? Smeezingtons? This writing group? I think that's what they call. Did I go to that one? Yeah, that he I, they was he was I a speaker gone there. I might have to that one. Uh huh. And he was just kind of like his ma- his manager was there too. Yep. His manager had a separate panel, mm-hmm. and he was like, "What makes Bruno so good is that I can, I can tell Bruno like, hey, surprise, we're gonna go sing at a wedding. Bruno will literally do every song from the '70s." 80s, 90s, he has it like tapped into his brain. Mm-hmm. It's like that's like a, a, a Kobe Bryant type like killer instinct. Beyonce's the same way where I know Beyonce, if she want to do a wedding, she can do it just like that. She'll yep. sing any and everything. I'm, it was a clip I don't know if you've seen this where at the Renaissance tour where she noticed Tia Maori in the, uh, the crowd mm-hmm. and she Ad libbed it to that uh that song her and T and Tamara had in the nineties, that yeah, yeah, yeah song. Oh wow. Beyonce ad libbed it on the spot after she's seen her. What? And it's just like, uh, yeah. Just there, wow. there's some people who are just there's tears and then people are just God level. Yeah. Like it's just like, yeah. yo, like that's just yeah. just different. Yep. Yep. I'm so glad that we get to talk about music like this. Yeah. Like this is we I could talk about this all the time. Man, night. I I'm and I'm so grateful that I was raised in those eras. Yeah, cuz like, the, the 90s oh is, is a blessing. Oh my, like What? cuz we had the best music, we had the, the best, best cartoons. Yes. Like it was just the, the best clothes. Best everything. <laughs> it was just it was kind of like it like humanity peaked. Yeah. <laughs> I point, agree. It was like it peaked. I agree. And it was just like yo I agree. And then flowing into the 2000s, the 99s and the 2000s, mm-hmm. what a time to be alive. That's why and I, in college for me, because yeah. I was in college in 2000. Mm. Oh, my God. Like So you you in college when DMX is just going crazy. Yeah. And oh, the, Lil John, East High Boys. Yep, Lil John, DMX, the Ja, whole, yes. Jay, Nelly. Everybody, everybody yeah. was going crazy. Mm-hmm. And I was in college at an HBCU. Man, you what? were in college when Air Force Ones came out. Yes, I was. Yes, <laughs> That's I was. Amazing to me. It's amazing. Shout out oh, to Keywine. We just had him here last week. Uh, okay, dope. That's what's up. <laughs> and yeah. I, first thing I asked, like, yo, what were you thinking when you wrote Air Force Ones that verse, fam? Like, I was looking for lime green everywhere, like <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, couldn't find him. He's like, oh, that's because I made him. Yeah, see. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, I do encourage... You ever watch, like, the Wu-Tang series on Hulu? I have. I, I actually need to catch up on the second season, but I, I watched the first season. Phenomenal. I always encourage, like, people who like creative to, like, Phenomenal. watch that show. Phenomenal. Especially, like, with the, the Ghostface and, like, Raekwon, like, part of it where... Because mm-hmm. only Built for Cuban Links was, like, that, that holy... Well, besides the first Wu-Tang album, and then that album and probably Jizz's album and... Raekwon's where they like those are the three like Wu-Tang and Supreme Clan yeah, that's that too but I'm talking about the 90s though okay. and the way that they kind of like like 
showed their creative thinking of mm-hmm. the process of how to put that album. Mm-hmm. Like, Raekwon was the one that had to think outside the box where he was like, they had a house, the Wu-Tang crib, and he's like, yo, you can't play nobody in here but Wu-Tang. That was a rule. Like, no other artist. Again, they want be refreshing, have their mm-hmm. own style. They yep. don't want to be influenced by nobody. Yep. Raekwon was playing some 70s, like, soul shit, that one episode or something, and Ghost was like, what you doing? Like, you don't play Wu Tang only in here. He's like, nah, man, you gotta, we gotta listen to this, and it it just snowballed into like one of the greatest hip hop albums ever, and I, yeah. I I I just wish more creatives like watch that show, mm-hmm. especially how you was breaking down how RZA was making beats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's just like the little things. It's just the little things you find inspiration from, mm-hmm. and it just turns into just something so big. Yeah, and it, I just loved watching that show. You're right. I, I feel like musicians, you know, in that space definitely should look at that because you're able to see their process. Yeah, yeah. These are the greats. Like, <laughs> being able to get, like, an inside look to how they did it, like... Yeah, that's the... It's literally the best thing ever. I read the, the 33 and the third books, mm-hmm. the digest books, and, like, that's... I, I suggest that for every creative, like, to really read. Cause I think Kendrick got one for Pimple Butterfly. Mm. Okay. got one for Voodoo. Oh, dope. Um, what? I love that album. I think it's mm-hmm. Public Emily got one. It's a couple, like... Because I got... My favorite group had one. Camp Low, Uptown, Saturday Night had one. It mm-hmm. was just, like, learning their process on everything. And so it's like, yeah, of course, big on documentaries and all that. It's just really taking a look, especially in the 80s and the 90s, because mm-hmm. it's just, like, realizing how much they had to work for. Again, how much they had to work for mm-hmm. to make a song. Mm-hmm. And to, like... I remember they were talking about how they made Lucini, like, they was going through records, and it was like, Ski was like, oh, okay. Played on the phone for him. They was like, yo, they was like, man, I heard it on the phone. I was at Ski House the next second. Like, mm-hmm. that's how they felt, like, yo, ain't no, it's like, again, now with emails, like, emails are great. Tech, I love the fact technology we have, but it's just like, be able to, like, anticipate that, like, hearing, them, and then hop in a car or a train. Like, hop in a train, like, yo. <laughs> go, go to them. Like, just trying to remember, remember the beat, like, okay, uh, I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna say this. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, just creating, like, even on a beat machine, it's just, like, putting the floppy disk in and just, mm-hmm. like, floppy chopping disc. the beat up and it's just, like, mm-hmm. taking your time with it and mm-hmm. just, like, yeah. Soul food. And it's, like, a thing on, like, TikTok and YouTube where just, like, they make beats as fast as they can. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, Everything's like microwavable, like it is, and just we always talked about that in the early two yeah. thousand, like oh, everything is instant now, instant, mm-hmm. like right on that cusp before social media came around, mm-hmm. before we got smartphones, because yeah, we all that age to where we saw everything change yeah. over, mm-hmm. yep. And thinking like the last few years, because when I started college, mm-hmm. we was recording like stuff on mini DV tapes, mm-hmm. and it took a process to edit. Like yep. now, I can like throw my camera to my phone mm-hmm. and just like ah. Oh, uh, it's instantly, instantly. Even the even the writing yeah. process of stuff is like different because everyone try to write in their head instead mm-hmm. of I. I like people who's like yo, I actually sit down and write because mm-hmm. it's like it's it's lyrics that I hear and I'd be thinking like man, what were they going through when they they wrote that? Like mm-hmm. I, speaking of Public Enemy, uh, what's it called? Black Steel in the uh, Hour of Chaos. That song mm-hmm. and where they had the the video where he was in jail and he had wrote a lyric. It was like I'm on a tear. Well. Tears can never fall. I was like, what? Like, what was he thinking when he he wrote that? Mm. I'm like, that's heavy. Like, that's what was deep. Going on? Like, it's like Chuck D. What was happening? We knew yeah. what he was doing because he was militant and you know, and everything. He was just for our people. 
Mm-hmm. But when I, I hear things like that, that's a guy that I know for a fact he didn't go in and, like, freestyle it. Mm-hmm. He's just like, all right, I hear the beat. All right, I'm going to write to this and just write, and I'm going to just pour out onto this notepad. Mm-hmm. And, like, I got a message to give. Mm-hmm. It, it's always like I don't get any lessons anymore. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not too old for lessons. Right. Like, you know, like, I, I like hearing lessons after the song. Like, all yeah. right, I see where they were going with that. Mm-hmm. I get the message of it, mm-hmm. I, and I try to apply it to my life, you yeah. know. And that's what's... I guess was missing. Mm-hmm. I keep ranting. No, <laughs> you did. Man, I love this episode already. <laughs> right? I love it. Yeah. Like, the fact that y'all never met and just like it was just instant. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Pre, uh, we sat up. It's just the Lincoln thing. That's what, that's what, what got me. I was like, oh, you Lincoln? Like me too. That's my right. school, man. <laughs> that's like, my school. I love me some Lincoln, boy. Me too. Missouri, it, y'all. Missouri. Yeah, Lincoln, Missouri. Let's be clear. Yes. Very. And I'm like, yeah, I went to HBCU. I did. Like, yep, I did. Sure like, did. Like, I, I, now, I don't, I think, I, I always thought that I would, I couldn't get to, like, you know, the, you know, what's it called, PWIs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, but I, I don't think I'd ever want to be there anyway. I think I would have chose the same if yeah. I had, like, see, I had bad grazing, like, <laughs> in high school. <laughs> like, where my mom, like, all right, when you first when you first start bringing home like F's and stuff, mm-hmm. you your parents are kind of like my my dad chill. He was like he'll get it together. My mom the opposite. She Not worries a lot. Like mm-hmm. she's like no, like why aren't you doing the work? And this is that third, and I'd be thinking in my head like man, this shit boring. And like mm-hmm. I'd be and then I I'd be like my mind wander a lot. So it was hard for me to like pay attention and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to express that though. Yeah. So it was just like I she'll just be like, no, you gotta study harder. I'm like, but I'm like, I gotta read things like 80 times before I get it. Mm-hmm. So that gets stressful, you know, yep. like, and then I was like, no, I give up. Mm-hmm. And then like I'm I, I go into like tests and stuff, like, oh, I'm gonna get this F today. Like it is what it is. <laughs> like and mm-hmm. and when I Lincoln was accepting me despite mm-hmm. that. So I was yes. just like, at first I thought I was like, yo, that's kind of janky. But then on the, on the, <laughs> but on the flip side, I was like, yo, I'm, I'm grateful for it, though. Yes. Because it's like, all right, we'll start you out on probation. I'm like, all right, cool. I just got to keep my grade point average above this. I'm like, all right, say less. And I actually did that. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was like, all right, I get it. Like, school, I just I need, I just needed to find something that I was interested in. Yeah. And and that and that's all it is. Like, yeah. I I'm not good at math. I'm not good at uh, English. You know, Jim, I was the man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was the guy. I was that guy. Volleyball, basketball, didn't matter. Like, I'm an athlete. Like, band, I was that guy. Okay. What did you play? Uh, all right. I played. I started out piano. Dope. And then I, uh, when I got in the band, I was playing alto saxophone. Nice. Okay. And then I know I know how to play the drums. Nice. And because like, cause once you want, learn one instrument, mm-hmm. you can really play everything because mm-hmm. you just need to figure out the placements and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty sure I can play like a, a trumpet <clears throat> or any other like woodwind because I, I, did, I did play a clarinet before. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this ain't too different. Um, the, the hardest instrument I played was kind of, uh, what was it? The flute kind of hard in a way too. 
Mm. That that was hard. Cause I used we was in band. I used to play with everybody instruments. Mm-hmm. Like we used to trade and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, all right, well, well mine. Like, no, nah, put another read on that. You right. know, I wipe that off. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh. <laughs> like do your thing. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, like I was always into like music and nerdy shit like wrestling and anime and cartoons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, school didn't have none of that. It yeah. was just kind of like... I think the only thing I was good at was, like, history. Mm-hmm. And, but that was because I'm like, damn, these white people was fucked up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they some evil people, bro. Like, what's going on here? And, like... And then I, I wanted to, like, dig deeper into it. Mm-hmm. So I always did good in them classes. I had a creative writing class at Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Boy, I got, like, 100% at, like... I never had anything below 100. That's dope. <laughs> was just like, she was like, you need to start writing. And I became a writer. That's Bam. what's up. See? You know, that I love Lincoln and I love Harris Stowe for those reasons because they do give people a second chance. Like, yep. everybody needs a second chance yep. sometimes. Because you know at first I was like, thinking, like, I'm not about to make it to college. Yeah. Like, my, my mom was just happy that I graduated mm-hmm. high school because, like, my brother and my sister, oh, whiz kids. Like, mm-hmm. you know. But me, it was just kind of, I was the black sheep, where it's kind of like, like, bro, like, why this? Why that? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Like, mm-hmm. what's the meaning of life? Like, yeah. not suicidal type stuff. <laughs> no, just was, deeper. You just, yeah, to I just, know I'm more. curious. Like, yeah. like, why do I have to sit through statistics class? Like, and, a lot of, and a lot of times they don't know how to channel their energy with especially our black boys like mm-hmm. they'll just say oh they have behavioral issues or they have learning disabilities or whatever yep. instead of like what's really going on with this child they're probably a genius we need to challenge them right yeah and I I don't, I don't think I'm a genius but like I and am a genius musicians musicians are geniuses <laughs> like like cause you're literally multi like Multitasking really doesn't exist unless you're like a musician, in my opinion. Because mm. yep. you're literally playing, you're reading notes. Yep. Music theory is hard as shit. Super hard. Yes. So for <laughs> you to play multiple instruments, you're a genius. Like, yeah. period. And they, my parents, my mom made me play the piano. She was like, you got to do something, like, mm-hmm. besides sports. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm like, piano's boring, man. But then it's like, it's like math. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. But then I look back, I'm like, yo, piano's like fire. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's just super cool to like, you know. Hold up. Wait, you sing, how'd you end up in film and TV? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about music for about 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, you got a whole show, multiple shows. <laughs> how'd you end up in, in, in TV and film? Man, like, so grew up acting. Mm-hmm. I literally went left St. Louis and went to LA to be an actress and a background vocalist. Okay. I um you know, getting jobs in those industries are difficult. So, I have a corporate background, so I was doing um Oh, what type of? Supply, supply chain logistics. But that um, Oh, that fits TV cuz that's, yes, that's projects. Does. Exactly. So, yeah. So, really, well, I'm a connector, too. So, I know mm. a lot of people who do a lot of different things, and I'm resourceful. So, okay. I just get shit done. <laughs> so, and people know that. So, in 2015, um, my homeboy, Damian Smith, who's also from St. Louis, he reached out and was like, yo, sis, I'm doing this documentary. Actually, it won um, at the uh, Urban World Music, or music Festival, Film Festival, 
um, a couple years ago and actually was the catalyst behind um, one of the senators here um, putting a bill out there to get compensation for men and women who were affected by the chemical sprays mm. that happened in the 50s and 60s here in St. Louis. Okay. So um, he reached out and was like, hey, see something in this documentary about these chemical sprays called Target St. Louis. And um, I haven't been back home in so long. Like, I'm not really tapped in like that anymore, but I know you are. So if you help me get, help me get some lights, um, a location to film in, and some people to interview, I'll give you producer credit. And I was like, bro, I got you. Like, no problem. Easy. And um, so did that. And that was, like, the first thing that made me be like, oh, you're a producer. Because mm. at the end of the day, like you just said, it's all project management. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so then, like, right after that, another friend of mine, you know, unbeknownst to him, I just produced something else. But he was like, yo, we're doing this live music show. Um, we want you to be a talent producer if you would like to do that. And I was like, bet, done. Mm-hmm. And actually, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of Alex Isley. Singer. singer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love her. Amazing. <laughs> She's just a dope human being. But she was on our first live music show back in 2015. Mm-hmm. So 2015 was the year for me that um, got my feet wet in the film TV producing space on the independent side. Mm. And then <clears throat> I actually lost my job at Universal Pictures. I had been working there for like three and a half years. And 2016, I booked, like, four commercials. 2017, I booked my first um, um, network TV jobs, being an associate producer for a VH1 project and a Lifetime project. Mm -hmm. And then 2018, I ended up um, becoming the uh, executive assistant to the showrunner of Luke Cage, Cheo Hadari Coker. Oh, you shouldn't have told me that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the nerd of me is about to pop out. <laughs> Very cool. So season three is done. Like, but that's back when Disney was pulling all their projects. So why did Cottonmouth have to go? <laughs> he, oh my! Uh, shout out to Ali, man. Oh my! He's God. amazing. Oh he, my God! Uh, uh, oh my gosh! Yeah. He should have been for two seasons. Yeah. Yeah, 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 such a great villain, man. He's phenomenal. Like, but continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, and then right after that, like a month after that, I ended up joining um, Cedric the Entertainer and Eric Rohn's company, A Bird and a Bear Entertainment. And I'm a creative executive with them. So I actually still work with Cedric and Eric as well as Cheo. Okay. To this day, so. So, yeah. so your shows are underneath. Cedric's. Okay. Cedric and Eric's company. That's Johnson. Yeah, Johnson and uh, Finding Happy. Okay. But I've produced other shows aside from those, but I was associate producer on those. Finding Happy, I haven't haven't watched those. I heard of Johnson. Yeah. Um, Finding Happy only had one season, but B. Simone was in that. Okay. Big ups to B. Simone. She's phenomenal. Like, love her. So you meant for that to be one season, like? It was just one. We night. wanted it to be more, but you know, it just ended up being one. Okay. Yeah. The network decided to just do one. And what was that one about? Um, it was about a, a young woman trying to figure out life and find happy. Um, she was in a space where she was um just not really content with where her life was and mm. she was trying to figure it out. And um everybody around her was trying to find happiness. So it was a multi generational show. 
So we had oh, okay. um, so we had um, like her mom, her grandmother. Yeah, something her like mom, that. her aunt. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was dope. That's I, fine. I enjoyed it. I actually had a role in that one too. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. So you're doing both. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Get that I try coin. To, I try to jump in when I can. You know Get I mean? that coin. Yeah. Now, yeah. Do you do you think life is about figuring it out? You ever like think about that for real? I think it is because we're out here for a purpose, right? Mm-hmm. So it's our duty to figure out why God put us here. You know, like and oh, I feel like you know we're multi-layered people, so we have multiple purposes. I think, mm-hmm. um, and maybe it changes over time. I don't know. Once you once you complete a certain purpose over here, it's time to move on to something else. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You're right, right. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I do think that we are here to figure it out. Because, maybe because maybe I'm just thinking too like simple. Okay. Like, because sometimes I I think just super just black and white, which can be bad because mm-hmm. it has to be some gray area and some yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, it, it, it'd be some days where I'm like, all, the almighty gives, the almighty takes. I just have to give the almighty reasons. Mm-hmm. I just got to just, I just have to just live. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have to figure out anything. And it's the part that you're saying, I think that way as well. Yeah. Where it's just kind of like, yo, purpose. And I understand your side like, too. Because that's where faith comes in, right? Mm-hmm. That's where, like... That's where the unknown space is, and that's where we have to lean in and tap into God to to let whatever he's orchestrated take place. Mm. So I understand what you're saying, too. But I think that being in a space of, like, faith and action, mm-hmm. like, we have to figure out what the action is. You know what right. I'm saying? We can't just be sitting around like, oh, God, I got it. <laughs> right. No, like, and not that he needs help, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But we have to put some effort into mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Faith without works is... It's dead. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, you know? So, I mean, I wouldn't be where I am at all. And and honestly, I couldn't have even, thought, like, planned any of it. You know mm, what I'm saying? Right. Like, uh, and I tell people that all the time, like, you know, don't plan too much. Yeah. Like, back to your point of not figuring it out. Like... Mm-hmm. I couldn't have planned to do all the stuff I've done. You know what I'm saying? But I've prepared myself in multiple ways to be doing it. You right. know what I'm saying? I left myself open and said yes to things that I feel like I could do. And mm. I went after it. Right. You know? So. Because sometimes I feel like I'm a passenger patty for God. Mm-hmm. I just got to sit back, put the seatbelt on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and then... If, Oh, watch out for that. You're swerving over. Mm-hmm. Even though God don't need my help. You know what I'm saying? But, mm-hmm. like, it's just I always looked at looked at things as, like, like, we're the universe. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not just the stuff, like, above us and, like, all this stuff or the depths of the ocean. It's just, like... It's inward, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like so. It's true. So having a show called like Finding Happy, that mm-hmm. that makes it like yo, I'm finding myself. Yeah. Because that's what the happiness is. It's not external right. to, to me. That's at least what I think. No, yeah. you're right, and that's the thing. Like, um, I think that too many people think that it's external, mm. and that's the problem. Yeah. It's how really many yachts? All inside. Lambos. That's not gonna make me happy. Right. It'd be fun. People aren't gonna make it <laughs> right, right. For for the moment, sure. when I get it, when it'd I first fun, get it, right? It'll aid in the happiness, 
but what internally got you there? You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, we can't rely on things or people for that. And then, really, to me, it's even bigger than happiness. It's about joy because happiness is fleeting. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, oh, that's the perfect word for that. Yeah, because, you know, life life be lifing. Exactly. But, you know, the word says that the joy of the Lord is your strength, and that's what it should be. Like, mm-hmm. joy is deeper than than that. Joy will find you in the depths of adversity. You yep. know what I'm saying? And that's something that you have to figure out how to find. Mm. Yeah, because I was, uh, it was this uh, this song by uh, Scarface. Mm-hmm. It's called, uh, it's called In My Time. Mm-hmm. It's off, uh, what album was that? The Last of a Dying Breed. And even though Scarface is one of the, the greatest storytellers in, in, one of the most prominent like gangster rappers ever. Mm. Like he he always have something in like his music. Cause my I got it. My dad listened to him a lot, mm-hmm. so I would hear it. And when I got older, I'm like, oh, like this is why he was listening to him. At first, I'm like, yo, this, this weird music. I don't want to listen to this. Put on bone, bro. But I'm um, <laughs> like, but he had this line in it, in that song where he said, I don't want to be like Mike. I wanted to be like Christ. And I was mm. like, oh my God damn. Like, but coming from him, it mm. felt heavy because it's somebody who raps about all this, like, this bad shit. Mm-hmm. And then he, he'll show you the other side of, like, mm-hmm. repentance. And I, I never, that's when I learned that, like, all right, it's more to life than just the street shit. Yeah. Because, like, again, like, I grew up just like any other normal, like, black kid did. I seen the good stuff, the mm-hmm. bad stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, took part in both. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just gotta, like, figure figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like, find your way. Like, alright, yeah. this this is what my my dad was trying to tell me. Don't do this. This mm-hmm. is why my mom's saying, like, don't go here. Like, oh, it makes sense. But I was lucky to get back home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those like situations. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that line, I was just kind of like, okay, that's when I started thinking about like God differently mm-hmm. and and the universe and like the world we live in and who we talk to and the energy that we distribute amongst mm-hmm. each other. And it's like, yo, I got a real responsibility. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like, it, it comes back to like, you were right the whole time and mm-hmm. you can tell me I told you so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm glad you told me mm-hmm. and that I get it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's important. But to your point, like, you know, I I saw that, too. My granddaddy was, you know, he was that guy in the streets. But when I tell you that man was so tapped into God, mm-hmm. he ain't trust nobody. You know what I'm saying? But God, his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He had a whole <laughs> rundown of Jesus, okay? Um, because to Smiley, but he he was that person that, I saw growing up who was like that duality. Yeah. And that taught me like like some of the 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 most um gangster of them all. Mm. God loves them too. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And 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 they can have like the most realest relationship with God, even in the midst of all this craziness that's going on, mm. and and God honors that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You ever have like, um, like in your line of work where you, because some people call it like, you have like survivor's remorse, mm-hmm. and then you have like uh, 
main character <laughs> syndrome. And like people kind of like teeter between the you two. You said what syndrome? Main character syndrome. So it's basically like it's really like a, a fancy way to say <laughs> someone's self-centered. Ah. So they they like they think of life as just like a story, mm-hmm. which it's not a bad analogy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um you're the author of it, you're, mm-hmm. you're running it. So you are the main character of your own life. But some people kind of get caught up in like becoming this character. Mm-hmm. And then they lose themselves mm-hmm. in the process. Mm-hmm. So, like, because it's, I don't know, like, it's, the only thing I think in just, like, life in general is just, like, all right, I just got to be myself. Mm-hmm. And either people going to love it or hate it. Is it. And I can't do anything about that. Nope. Like, you know, how they feel about it. So, nope. but some people feel like they have to be a character. I, I felt it, like, when we do this podcast, like, where, oh, we drink champagne all the time. We show face at these events. And then it got to the point where it was kind of like, yo, I don't feel like myself anymore. I feel like I'm cosplaying mm. for people. Mm-hmm. And that's, Mo, he, he not here, but, like, he, he kind of, like, felt it first but expressed it first mm. and then I'm like yo I felt I feel the same way mm-hmm. you know like and then we took a break like it just made sense cause it like you see people see you out and they expect that character and then yeah. when you're not that character it's just like, like oh what good are you like what good are you to me anymore and then it's yeah. like well that was hurtful yeah you know like it's yeah. like like bro I'm me this, this is me and then it makes me think like, oh, I should have been me the whole time. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like champagne. Don't get it twisted. I love going out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it's just like that's all people expected from us. Mm-hmm. And it got, it, it, it's like this weight. It's like very weighted that this pressure that it need to be there. Yeah, it's yeah. Very like strange. Yeah, I I understand that. I you know I I've just I resolved early on that I'm just. I'm just me. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. Love it or hate it. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think I kind of developed that at Lincoln. Mm. Because, I, you know, as I think about it, I, I think I kind of was a people pleaser growing up. I, I wanted people to be cool and like right. me. And, and I want everybody to be good and, you know, mm-hmm. checking on everybody and, you know, making sure everybody's straight. Um, but I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm... I'm making sure everybody else is good, but nobody else is making sure Reese is good. Yeah. Who's checking so on a strong I, friend? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and even the strong friend ain't checking on a strong friend. Like, mm-hmm. I had to do my own self-care, right? And mm-hmm. I'm just like, man, I got to a place where I was like, excuse my language, like, fuck everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to get to that place where I was just like, you know what? Like, I got to make sure Risha is good. And that's just it. Like, yeah. I have to make sure that I am... Focus on what I need to focus on, that I am still very compassionate, you know what I'm saying? Because that's who I am as Mm -hmm. a person. But I had to make sure that I was grounded and focused on my purpose Mm -hmm. and what I felt like God had before me to do. And so with that being at the forefront of my mind every time and being intentional in that, Especially going to a place like LA, like you gotta, you gotta be grounded. You gotta yeah. know who you are. Right. <laughs> you have to. Yep. Because it's easy to get lost yep. in a place like that. You know what I'm saying? It's so much going on. There's so many opportunities to do all kind of things. Yep. And if you don't know who you are, you will you will lose yourself. Yep. And so I I'm grateful for 
the parents that I have. I'm grateful for the friends that I have. I'm grateful for the experiences that I have. I'm grateful for my line sisters. I'm a Delta. Mm-hmm. From Lincoln. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I moved out the way when they be coming. Oh. Shout out to Alpha Theta. <laughs> right. Thank you for moving out the way. Right. <laughs> um, you know, um, I, I thank God for my ex-boyfriend. I thank God for certain people in my life, um, my family, of course, Mm-hmm. who aided in me, like, being grounded, mm-hmm. facing adversity in certain ways that helped me figure out, like, okay, this is how you handle this in this type of scenario. Because mm-hmm. life is going to life regardless. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But it's all about how you uh, navigate it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, so for me, like, at the end of the day, I'm here because God put me here. Yeah. Period. So, me being vain or me doing all these things, thinking I'm the main character, he's the main character. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I could have been gone out of here. I wasn't even supposed to be here. You know, right. I was a pound 13 ounces at birth. Then I was going to live 24 hours. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, I know I'm here for a reason. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. me having any kind of like... God complex, yes, because I'm a child of God, but no, like, I, I never think more highly than I ought to of myself mm. because I know things could have been way different. And, and as we all are here for a reason, we have to get to that pur- that purpose. You know what I'm saying? So mm. when you're that focused and that intentional on that, you don't have room to be like, oh, it's all about me. You right, know what I'm saying? Right. Or, oh. What we doing? And oh, it's a, that don't that don't that don't matter to me at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why it's so easy to be you know bumping to Marty. Like do this pocket? Absolutely. Like mm-hmm. what we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like it's easy for me, because anyway, any opportunity that I have to to share my experiences, um, the love of God, um, and 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 how I've been blessed to be able to do what I do through the adversity I've been through, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. Right. Because it's all a part of the testimony. You know what I'm saying? And it's all to encourage. And that's what we're here to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? We can't, we don't go through the things you go through to to hold it in. Right. And we don't don't have the resources that we have to hoard them. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? God gives us those things to give them back and to be a blessing to people. So on knowledge. Yeah. Like you don't hoard the knowledge. No. Like, it's like, no. That, like, that, yeah. Cause like, that that being grounded, it's kind of ironic because I was watching the uh this Barry Sanders documentary today mm-hmm. when I was doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a part of doing nothing today. <laughs> and it was on Amazon Prime. And okay. Barry Sanders is my all-time <laughs> favorite football player. Nice. And he there's this actor, uh White guy, uh, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Jeff Jim Daniels. Carey? Oh, okay. The other one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he apparently is this huge Detroit Lions fan, so he was a part of the documentary. Okay. And Barry Sanders was just something that professional sports never seen before. Mm-hmm. A guy this talented. Is just this humble. They didn't get it. So he was kind of like, Excuse me. they they would think he was kind of like 
uppity or something, bougie, but he really wasn't. Small town from Wichita, Kansas, mm. like Midwest kid, mm. but just had this outer-worldly talent. So mm-hmm. they didn't understand him scoring all these touchdowns the way he did and just giving the ball to the referee. He didn't celebrate. He just mm-hmm. gave it. It, it was a, uh, it was a, his rookie year. He had a game. He would have won the Russian title as a rookie, and it was the fourth quarter. It just began, and somebody off Kansas City was the leading rusher, and it's like, yo, Barry Sanders needs nine yards to break it, and he had mm. a whole quarter to do it. Mm. He took himself out the game. What? And he was just like, and the coach was like. Hey man, you wanna uh go back in and you know, get the record, get the stats? He was like, nah, I don't care about stuff like that. Mm. And people didn't get it. Like the crowd was like, why is he not going in? They was blaming the coach. They mm. thought the coach was like sitting him down. And he's like, nah, he made the decision. And it the documentary was cause I didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting. It, it was kind of tapping into like his mental state of like why he was the way he was. He won the Heisman trophy. He didn't care. The most prestigious award in college. He was just like, whatever. I just and the guy Jeff Daniels, he he kind of broke it down. He's like, yo, Barry was kind of like an actor where he is certain actors where they're like, they only live for action and cut. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Oscars, Tony's, Emmys don't matter to them. They mm-hmm. live for that. Mm-hmm. And Barry was the same way. He's like, yo, started a game. End of the game. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm cool. I'm about to go home and disappear. I don't need to do media. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Like, y'all want to give me MVPs? That's fine. I don't care. Like, yeah, you know, and, he ain't doing it for that. And then he yeah. retired early yeah. in his prime. Yeah. He, he retired, and that, that was unheard of. Wow. It's like, you could have broke the Russia record. You know? mm-hmm. And some people think that's weird, but it's not weird. It's just somebody that's grounded. Like, mm-hmm. he's like... I'm comfortable in who I am. Mm-hmm. I only played football because I loved it. And when I felt like I didn't want to play it no more, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I just and I just thought that was just super interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, all right, I'm learning something from this. Where it's just, you know, we get caught up in stuff. like, And I'm not saying people shouldn't celebrate like they accolades yeah. and stuff like that. I'm, I'm not, sure. You're not bad. You're not no. a bad person. Like, no. Because he, 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 he loved that he got love from his peers. Where he was just like... Oh, you the best, da, da, da. And he said that felt great to him, you know. And mm-hmm. he said, that's all I needed. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to be famous. I don't need yeah. to be do every interview. Like, I'm okay. Like, yeah. my team, the people that I'm doing this with, yes. love me, and I love them back yep. even more, and that's all I need. The people you doing it with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that, that means the most. Like, coming home... Getting the love from the home team, that means the most to me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sure, we like you said, we all appreciate accolades and what have you, but that's not what we do it for. Like, that's that's like icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Like me being able to do everything I love to do and like get paid for it, like mm-hmm. that's everything to right. me. That's the and goal. to encourage people in the middle of it. That's everything to me. And to tell the stories I believe in, because I don't just do anything. Like, I pick and choose what I want to work on. Intention. Yes. <laughs> Every time. You're not going to see my name associated with no mess. Like, mm. I'm, no, I'm not going to do it. Like, right. if it's not something that's going to be thought-provoking or um, encouraging or funny or educational, 
I'm good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, because we have to be careful with our platform. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? And not enough people are. Mm. Um, and I think that's a big part of, you know, going back to the music con- conversation. Um, a lot of the music, to me, these days, they the people don't um, value um, and are not intentional about the messaging they're putting out there. Right. And we got babies looking at us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they look up the rappers. Yeah. Like, just... I think that's insane. But like I, I get <laughs> but I get it. Because yeah. I was the same way. Mm-hmm. So I can't sure. judge. Sure. No, and I don't judge I don't judge anybody. I think that everybody has has um has to grow. Mm-hmm. And we all mature and grow in different ways in different times. You know, we get there eventually. Yeah. You know, and all we can do is pray for folks and, and do our part and keep yeah. moving. That's true. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, you you got a, like a, a Grammy, don't you? I do. Yeah, see? <laughs> Life flex. Life flex. Life flex. It's like one. Sip the water. Like, you know. <laughs> something, something slight. <laughs> something slight. <laughs> it's like, it's like, see, and, and that, see, you didn't, you didn't have to tell me that at all. You could have been I wasn't going to. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the and that's the point. So I, I could I could put Grammy Award winning. Like just <laughs> it, it, I would too. So I'd probably be like, I'm not a Grammy. You can't talk to me any type of way. Like, like, yeah. No, I, I understand. Like that's the I lo- like I so appreciate it. You know, I'm not, you know, it's definitely something I'm very proud of. Oh, as you should be. You know, but I'm not like you know, some folks put put it in their little bio on Instagram. <laughs> All the things, and it's like, because that's that, I think that's what, they think that's what pays the bills. I guess I don't know. Yeah, like you, you know, know like, oh, Grammy Award, they're serious. And <laughs> what I what I realized too is that a lot of times the things we do or the accolades that we have can unintentionally become our identity. Ooh, talk about it. And talk about it. God had to tell me, y'all, because when I lost my job at Universal, um, it was a big part of my identity. Mm. You know, people knew me as a studio person, you know, and um, a lot of people didn't know me as a singer or an actor, you know, or a songwriter. They knew me as a studio person. Mm. Um, And I I compartmentalized that, too, because I don't want everybody knowing everything I do a a lot of the time. Right, right. Because then people try to—people are opportunistic, so— Yep. You know. Um, but when I lost my job, people were introducing me as Risha, who works at Universal Pictures. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, I don't like that anyway. Like, I always introduce the person as, this is Marty, dope dude, been on him for years. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? This is Benny, amazing brother, went to Lincoln. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. this cue. Like, amazing producer. Like, the, those are the sorts of things I do. I don't necessarily be like, oh, yeah, they work for this and they do that and da 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 Because that, like, I'll let them do that part. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Right. Because it feels inor- inorganic when it's that way. Mm-hmm. And when people are introducing me as Risha, who works at Universal Pictures, and I didn't anymore, mm. I felt bad. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? They hurt yeah. my feelings. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, um, um, I had to pray about that because it did bruise my ego. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It hurt my feelings. And God was like, 
I bless you with that. Mm-hmm. That is not your identity. Your identity is in me. Yeah, absolutely. And I said, ooh, thank you. <laughs> and it gave me so much peace. Mm-hmm. So much peace. And I, 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 that, that came to me in 2015, and it stayed with me to this day. Because I think that a lot of times when you do have these accolades, if you work with these different people, you've done these amazing things, you get that main character complex. Mm-hmm. And that shit can go by the wayside real easy. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, again, if you're not grounded, yep. and if you don't know who you are, and you don't know what your purpose is, you will get caught up in the in the things that will... Have you committing suicide? Caught up in and doing all this these hype. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't get up. You can't get caught up in the hype, man. Uh-huh. You cannot. It is detrimental to your life yeah, and your soul. Yep. Yeah. Because you got to know who you are, and before yeah. anybody tell you or That's attempt right. to tell you That's who right. you are, I'm like, all right, right. Then you can be like, man, I know who I am. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yep. Like I know what I stand for. I know. Yep. Like I'm, I'm good either way. Absolutely. Like, and That's the thing about going to HBCUs that I love. Like, I don't know about you, but, like, um, I went to Lincoln partly because, one, it was close to home, and I needed to be close to home because my mom has um, autoimmune diseases that she deals with, so I wanted to be close to get on the freeway and and be here. But um, I wanted to be a a name, not a number. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I had, like, a 3.5 in high school. Mm-hmm. So I, I could have gotten into Mizzou or, you know, any other school, PWIs. That was never a goal of mine. I always wanted to go to Howard. Mm. Um, HBCU was always the thing for me. Mm. Um, my mom went to Harris, though. Oh, okay. Um, my brother went to Howard. Um, but, like, HBCUs take care of their students. Mm-hmm. Like... If you, and this didn't happen to me because I was a scholar. (laughs) Like, if you were skipping class, like, your teacher was calling you like, Marty, where are you at? You know what I'm saying? Like, they were like extra parents. You know what I'm saying? Um, Because they cared that much. You know? And so that's one thing about HBCUs that I love. Like, the the faculty and staff, um, they really care about their students. Yep. And it's really a family-oriented type of scenario at the HBCUs that I've been to. I don't know where I got the idea of even thinking about college. Because mm-hmm. it usually comes through, like, TV or something. Like, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, I want to go to college since, like, I don't know, Laura Winslow wanted to go to Harvard. Or, like, the diff- a, different a different world. world. Mm-hmm. And, like, see, I didn't watch it. So I didn't—I wasn't, like, uh, tapped in like mm-hmm. that. I still haven't, like— Attempted to watch it, but like I watched That's a few episodes, show. and I'm like, eh. and like, <laughs> same, like Cosby Show the same way. I was gonna, eh. like you know, well no, I watched that by default because mm-hmm. it come on like Nick at Night, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna get oh, oh this shit. I see why people yeah. go crazy for this. It's like great. all right, like I was a, I was a a Martin baby. Or, mm-hmm. like, a, a Living Color. Like, mm-hmm. I like goofy shit. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> like that's the kind of kid I was. Wayne's yeah. Brothers. Like, yeah. that type. Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Like, but my mom was, like, I think she watched A Different World. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think I was I was too young to even, like, remember that. But I, I'm pretty sure she did. Yeah, She I'm was sure she big did. on, like, living single. Oh, that, yeah. that That's one memory I... Because in our household, her old house... 
it wasn't a lot of TVs. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it was my parents' TV in their room, and then it was like a main TV, like, in the basement. That's the one me and my siblings, like, fight over. And then, <laughs> like, it, and depending on the day, like, my dad would be downstairs and she'd be in the room and we can't watch shit. <laughs> so, like, my mom was just on Thursday, strictly like, nobody touched TV. It's living single night. <laughs> and I, I I watched, like, some episodes with her and be like, like, I get it, but it wasn't my cup of tea at the time. Yeah. Like, I just like, oh, I only, I only fuck with Overton. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And, and St. Clair. Like, I only fuck with them. Like, they funny. Like, because they yeah, do goofy shit. Funny. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I'm like, yo, I'm I'm, I'm interested. But but as an adult, I watch it as an adult. Like, oh, this shit's funny. It's so and, good. Yeah, like, Kim Coles like, was in my show, Finding Happy. Really? She played She played B. Simone's aunt. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, and the first time I seen her was in Living Color. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's where I remember seeing her from. And, mm-hmm. and it... See, all right, so, like, the dynamic of, like, how, like, my my parents are opposites. Mm-hmm. And they both water signs, but I don't know if that matters. But, like, my dad was into, like, Martin and all that stuff. I got that through him. But mm-hmm. he was also into, like, white comedy, mm-hmm. and I did not understand this shit. Like, mm-hmm. I was just, like, he would watch, like, Dennis Miller, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'd be, like... And he'll laugh. I'm like, I'm like, why is this funny? Like, I don't get it. Like, and and he loves Seinfeld. Like, mm-hmm. but he he watched Martin and Living Color, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And but he had his he that intellectual or want to be intellectual like white comedy, mm-hmm. and it's very like snarky and mm-hmm. like you know it's kind of weird. And my mom was just strictly like, all right, living single. Steve Harvey show. Mm-hmm. That's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> don't care about nothing That's else. Show, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, like, I love mm-hmm. Like, and and I kind of got like the best of both worlds because I was kind of like, all right, he he's laughing at George Costanza, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And because I'm too young to get the humor of it. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult, I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. But then I get like, but Martin is brilliant too. Like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. Live, this is why living single is great. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of like molded my like, I know how to work rooms because of comedy. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, it's a bunch of white people. Oh, I'll talk like Larry David from Kirby Enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And then they'll get it. Yep. Nah, I, get the, I get these white folks to give me money. <laughs> you know, like, this is easy work. And, and I just, I. I'm glad that you we have like creatives like you that's trying to that are keeping like black people on television. Gotta do it, man. Um, cause I that's all I we all grew up on that. Yep. That's all we saw. Like so, yep. it's no matter the network whether it was like Fox or like WB, uh, ABC, like it was some type of black show on all those, and that we just got attached to, and. I don't want to say it's uh, going anywhere. Like, there's plenty of, like, shows out there right now that has us on it. But I think you just got to find, like, the one that kind of, like, speaks to your experience the best. Because mm-hmm. that's all it is. Like, some people, I don't I don't like to say things are good or bad anymore. It's either for me or it's not. Yeah. You know, like, because if I say it's bad, it may be the greatest thing to somebody else because mm-hmm. they relate to it more than mm-hmm. I do. And that's all it is. Like, it ain't, yeah. it's, it's very, uh, I don't know if that is subjective. I guess that's the word you yeah. would say. It's subjective. Mm-hmm. Like, and 
again, like I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch Finding Happy. I may relate to some woman, some black woman in that show. Like, oh, that's mm-hmm. that's my aunt for real. Oh yeah, you know, like, you definitely will. And, I, and I'm glad you're making like stories like that because mm-hmm. it all comes from experience. Yeah, and we we have to see ourselves. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? In a world where, like you said earlier, like everything's so hypersexualized, and mm-hmm. um, there's so many shows that are so depressing. Um, um, we don't really see ourselves the way we used to, you mm-hmm. know. And honestly, the writer strike of 2008 was the thing that killed it. Like when you think about like the 90s, I don't know if y'all saw that post on Instagram. It was like choose uh, which which year would you choose? And it was like the it was the 90s, mm-hmm. and it was like 90, 90, and it was like a list of black films. Ninety one, a list of black films. Mm-hmm. Did you guys see that? Yeah, I saw that. And mm-hmm. I said, give me the whole decade. Right. Because there was so much black cinema in the 90s. Yeah. Shout out to Robert Townsend. Yes. And the Wayanses. Yep. Like the those. Hughes Brothers. Yes. Singleton. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Um, yes. <laughs> um, and the Hutlands. Yep. You know? Um we need more of that. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's my goal to bring that back. Yeah, because I'm a writer, but I'm not a screenwriter. But I'm pretty sure I could do something like where I, I, I come into an opportunity like, all right, that makes sense. I guess God just wants me here. Mm-hmm. Let me make an attempt at it. And then, I mean, YouTube University teaches you everything. Oh, absolutely. You know what I, I'm saying? I watch. I have a whole playlist mm-hmm. of just like screenwriting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm really good at writing dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I used to be hard on stuff. I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't talk like that. Mm-hmm. You should say this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And but then it's I call it couch quarterbacking. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> I gotta get in the field, you know, for yep. it to mean something. You know, mm-hmm. it's different if I just if I just tweet it like, oh, that's terrible at writing. This doesn't make sense. And mm-hmm. Doesn't mean anything, but if I can, it's easy. But it'd be better for me to go like, "Hey, I got friends. Like, hey, can you act this out for me?" And we just shoot it and throw it on YouTube. Yeah, and make a good scene. I mean, that's the way to do it. You know what I'm saying? I tell young actors all the time, like, "You want to act cool? Um, you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there." Robert Townsend. Speaking of him, I have a funny story. Um, <laughs> Don Cheadle had a poker tournament. Mm-hmm. One time in the Hollywood Hills, and I heard about it. Got my line sister Alex and um, my best friend Kalila, and we drove up there. Mm-hmm. And we got there late. It was shutting down because the police shut it down. It was just too many people there. Wow. And so when we got there, it was it was ending. We didn't know, and the majority of people of the people who were there had to be shuttled up because there wasn't a lot of parking in the hills. Mm-hmm. By the time we got there, because people were leaving, we were able to find a spot. So I parked, and then we walked up. And while we're up there, Robert Townsend comes down. Mm -hmm. And he's waiting on the shuttle van to go back down. So we're talking. We see him say hi. He says hi back. 
And then we were just, you know, figuring out next moves, and we decided to leave. So we started walking down the hill, and he said, hey, where y'all going? We said, we could, we, I'm parked right there. He was like, can you take me and my friend down in my car? I said, yeah, we can take you down <laughs> You so, made Meteor Man, of right, course. Right, exactly. Like, you tell me to take you to your car, and I'll do it. So he politely asked. We, of course, said yes. So this man is sitting in my car. I'm taking freaking Robert Townsend, the king. Man. To his vehicle. And my line sister, Alex, said, shout out to Alex for this question. She said, Mr. Townsend, what would you, what advice would you give to um, up-and-coming actors like ourselves? And he said, let me ask you something. What do y'all do to get auditions? And he said, we said, you know, just going on L.A. casting and submitting ourselves and talking to people and mm. whatever. He was like, so y'all still doing the Hollywood Shuffle, huh? We like, yeah, <laughs> we still doing the Hollywood Shuffle. He said, you see that man right there? He pointed to his friend. He said, me and him um, maxed out all of our credit cards, and we shot Hollywood Shuffle in, did he say eight days? Was yeah. yeah. I think I heard him tell Somewhere the story around, Okay. Yep. He told us that. He was like, you got to do your own. Yep. He was like, do it yourself because they're not going to give it to you. He mm-hmm. was like, you got to make them see you. Yep. And so to your point, I said all that to say, to your point, like, yeah, if you if you feel like you can write, you know, do some screenwriting, yeah, write some scenes and, and have your folks act it out. People are always trying to act. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's how I built my real love, actually. That's how I got jobs. I would get with my friends. And they would, you know, we would freestyle different sketches or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, or they would write some, you know, a web series or something like that. And I'd jump in, do it for free. You know what I'm saying? Just off the love. Mm-hmm. And I have stuff to put on my reel now. You know? So, yeah. Do your own, man. Yeah, I learned that the hard way. Because I asked somebody who I was... Who was I was doing? All right, I I had a blog, and I still have it. But it's <laughs> I was writing, and I used to do reviews of Insecure, mm-hmm. and they was people thought they was funny and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just watching it from a real nigga perspective, <laughs> and like so, like the cast started like following me on Twitter and stuff. Really? Yeah, okay. And, so, the showrunner of that show hit me up. What? Like, he DM'd me. Princess Penny hit you up? Wow. So, he was like, hey, I got this show I'm about to do where... I forgot what it was. I forgot what channel it was on. But he was basically, like, doing everyday shit. It was his show. Like, he was starring in it. Hmm. And he's like, can you just do a write-up for me every episode? What? I was like, hey, yeah, I can do that. And uh, I want to say... It was either the second to last episode that of his show was happening. I had a script, and I was like, I think I did a pilot. Like mm-hmm. it was, a, I wrote a pilot. So I'm, I'm learning how to like write script and everything because mm-hmm. I'm new to it. So I don't, I don't get it. So I'm like, all right, let me just try to focus on the basics and mm-hmm. try to implement it. And uh, he left me on read. <laughs> and that's when I knew I'm like, all right, I gotta do this myself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't think y'all, I ain't, I ain't call him, call him out his name and nothing like that. And I, I, all I thought was like, that's a busy man with a lot going on. Let me, uh, 
he heard me say this. I'm all about incoming calls. Mm-hmm. You got to call me because it's like, oh, we see you booming. Like, mm-hmm. and I ain't going to say, oh, I told you so. Like, all right, I'm going to like, where the table at? Let's negotiate. Mm-hmm. And, and I never take it personal. Mm-hmm. That's what, because my, because, you know, I, I talk to my mom. Like, oh, like, am I tripping? Should I call this nigga a bitch-ass nigga? Or like, <laughs> like you know, and she's just like, no, 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 no. Like, Mm-mm. you don't block your blessings, baby. Mm-hmm. And, and just focus. And it's mm-hmm. like, you got to do it yourself. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. You know, I need that reassurance. Like, mm-hmm. like, am I bugging? Like, am I tripping? I'm walking around my crib like, he think I'm pussy. Like, <laughs> and I'm just like, I was like, I just did you a favor. You can't do me. And, and then my mom's like, don't look at it like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you... You got to pay your dues just like everybody else do. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like, I, it's like I could have spoiled you when you was young. You think I'm a bad parent because mm-hmm. I didn't buy you every shoe that you wanted? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, like, so are you going to think ill of me because I didn't do that? For, I'm like, all right, since you put mm-hmm. it like that, that makes sense. That's a good analogy. And I was like, all right, cool. And then if I see Prince, that's my God. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't. But, yeah. But that's how I kind of started like, taking writing, like, more seriously. Because at first, mm-hmm. I was just joking. I'm like, bro, I'm just writing what I think. Mm-hmm. It's a blog. Like, it ain't nothing serious to me. But then people, how people feel about it, and I start seeing people quote what I'm saying, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, okay. Like, it, that can be a career that I can tap into. I just don't have the patience to... At the time, I didn't have the patience to sit down and write, like, scripts. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... I think I have the ability to do it, but I just don't have the patience. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what a writer's room is like. Mm-hmm. It's probably hell to me. Like, you know, like, I, but I would come up with, I'm the ideas guy. You know what? I feel like you would probably like it because you're an athlete. So, like, it's just like a big team. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the writer's rooms that I've seen, um, you know, just even looking at, thinking about Luke Cage, because that's my, my best example. Like, each of the writers, you know, they added in their two cents. Mm-hmm. They helped each other break out the plays, if you will. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Like, it was a very, um, it was a it was a group effort, mm-hmm. you know. So I think you would like it because you're really building your own little family. You know what I'm saying? And and you're working together for the main goal, and that's mm-hmm. to build a hit show or a film or whatever it is. Vincent. Uh, oh, Vincent, yeah. Right. That will show you right. Miss Pasho. Oh, Miss Pasho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know Vincent. Because mm-hmm. he, he wrote something. He sent me something to read a script. And I'm like, yo, this is fire. And this is, I think this is way before. I think he just started comedy at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was sending him the script that I had and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he just took it further. Like, mm-hmm. and again, I was just kind of like, man, this is, like, it took a lot for me to just write an episode, bro. Like, this is, like, how do you do this? Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, this is a lot. And Super proud of him, man. Oh, yeah. Like, he was just here, I think, this past weekend. Yeah, sold out Helium. Yep. Was he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. This past weekend? Yes. 25th. Oh, man. I didn't know. Sold Dang. out. I couldn't go. <laughs> I found out awesome. too late. Uh, I found out too late. Dang. But I'm yeah. sad I didn't know about that. Yeah, he. I think, That's awesome. I think he coming back in like March or something. He already, uh, he already got that booked. Good. And, and, That's uh, what's up. Yeah, he. Yeah, he's super busy. That's awesome. Now he, he's dope and he deserves it. Like oh, he been yeah. grinding and, yeah, he's he's amazing. Like, what? 
what do you have like a like a like a ultimate like goal with what you're doing, or is it just kind of like just hey, I'm taking wherever I need to be and where I need to go. I mean, that ultimately is it. Like just to really be where God places me. Like mm-hmm. that's how I've always lived my life, honestly. Um, I really want to have my own production company. I have my own production company, but I want it to be like a known, thriving, on its own production company. Mm. Um, um, so I can run things the way I want to run it and operate business how I want to operate it and choose the shows that I want to, you know, and films that I want to produce, you know, that I believe in. Um, and that really is it. Like, I um, also, I want to have a leg of that um, for a sync company. Mm. Um, for filming for filming TV music. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, because I really want to um do more music music supervising. Mm. Um, I've done that on a film before, um, a Lionsgate film called The Devil. Mm-mm. The Devil, you know, mm-hmm. with um Omar Epps and Michael Ely and Glenn Turman and Will Catlett and. Not Glenn Turman. Yeah. Classic. The, oh, yeah. Oh, gee. He's a daddy in the movie. Um, written and directed by one of my mentors, Charles Murray. Mm. Um, but I was the music supervisor on that. So um, I definitely want to be able to pull in more artists. Shout out to T-Dub. T-Dub-O. Okay. He got the a homie. placement. He got a placement on it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I try my best. Oh, uh, Murphy, you got a placement on it too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you know, I try my best to keep keep my St. Louis family in mind when I'm doing things like that. Even on Johnson and on um, on uh, Finding Happy, Lowski, uh, Aloha, um, oh, okay. placed uh, a record on Finding Happy. Um, um, Indiana Rome. Mm. Rome placed um, two songs on season one of Johnson, one on season three of Johnson. Mm. He'll probably get some more, season four probably. Um, um, I'm missing some people because I, I definitely got my, my it's like, wow, I people. know these are my homies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they on there. Like I, I, I do what I can to reach back and that's amazing. Yeah, kind of. We it. if we don't do it, who will? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Q, you next, brother. <laughs> Send me some stuff, man. Exactly. There you go. That's yeah, how it I'll make sure you have my email. I think I think we can act. Can we act? <laughs> I believe you I can. Try, okay, we, we can try. <laughs> we, I, I can just be a stand-in. Just be an extra. Be an extra. Like you know what I'm saying? Don't don't give me no lines. Like, just stand there. <laughs> Don't even gotta give me credit. Like, <laughs> so I was, I'm gonna I was be in the there. building. Exactly. Aloha actually placed. Uh, she she booked a role on um, Johnson. Oh snap! She had two episodes. And here had four episodes. I gotta watch that three. then. Oh, Johnson's amazing. Like yeah, definitely check that out. And that's- if 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 the best man or the brothers was a TV show, it would be Johnson. Okay, I never about. seen the brothers. I seen the best man. Okay, that's the one. Tate is in his ass, be right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, that's yeah. correct. I that <laughs> the brothers, I never saw though. Okay. Um, so I gotta watch that too. I guess. Yeah, with Shamar Moore and D.L. Hughley. D.L. Hughley's in the John is in Johnson. Um, okay. 
Earthquake is in Johnson. Said got a couple episodes. Um, who else? Um, Terry Vaughn, Steve Harvey Show. Okay. Uh huh. She Levita. Damn, we got yeah, heavy hitters on that show. Yeah. Yeah. And what's that show about? So Johnson is about um, yeah four black men who are living life like brothers who that do that they never show on television. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and really it's just dispelling the myths that good black men don't exist. Um, oh, so basically defeat not defeating that's the wrong word. Dispelling yes. the myth I see every time I open my social media that I'm a terrible human being. Exactly. <laughs> like. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, I can check it out just it's on the strength really of it. It's really good. Like, and um, shout out to Thomas Q. Jones. He um, he was a football player turned actor. Chicago he, Bears? Yes. <laughs> yep. He was an uh, straight out of Compton. He was. Yep. <laughs> He, he was, uh, 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 how many years he played with the, he played for the Super, not the, the team that went to the Super Bowl. They yeah, lost to the Colts. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I know you remember hey, Thomas man. Jones. Mm-hmm. Like, I probably do. It's been a minute. So many he was, he was good. Yeah. He yeah. was fire. He was a good back. running back. Mm-hmm. Running back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was really good. But that's my producing partner on Johnson. He's the one who brought the show to me. Oh, okay. And when he was telling me about the show, um, and the characters, um, so just to give you an idea of the characters, because he's actually in the show. His character is a tech guy. Okay. Um, he's married, but going through a divorce in the first season. Um, he's a father, and so he's going through a custody battle with his soon-to-be ex-wife. Mm-hmm. So we're dispelling the myth that black men are not a part of their children's li- children's lives. Right. Um, although that is a truth. It's mm. a truth in every ethnicity. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's just overly saturated the that notion is overly saturated when it comes to black men when there right. are tons of statistics that show otherwise mm-hmm. that black men are very um active in their in their children's lives whether they're with the mother or not mm-hmm. um so that's his character um the creator Deji Laray um he uh he his character is Greg um He's, like, kind of the fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants guy trying to figure life out kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He'll, like, rent out his uh, his house on Airbnb and <laughs> uh, drive Uber Eats and whatnot um, to, you know, make ends meet or just to get some extra money. He has a girlfriend in the first season who's ready to move in with him, but he's not ready because he's not, he's not over his ex-fiance. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're watching him navigate that. Um Keith is the sweetheart of the crew. He's the quirky one. Um, he's the creative. He's a photographer. And that's how he, you know, gets his money. Um, he kind of goes after the girls that are kind of out of his league. And so, and he's a comedy relief, too. He's hilarious. Okay. Um, so we have him. And then we have Jarvis, who is the real estate mogul, married to a white woman. So we've seen that dynamic. Greg is the one who holds everybody's feet to the fire. He calls everybody out on everything. Mm. So he calls Jarvis out a lot on different things that he does or says that is a bit out of touch with the black community. Mm. Um, so we're seeing all these very different types of personalities coexisting together and it's called Johnson because they all had the same last name no relation they're all best friends they grew up together since grade school um and they all stood in line behind each other in in class so yeah so that's what it's about and um the thing I love about Deji 
um, with his writing is he he always touches on very important issues mm. in the black community, whether it's gentrification or it's, um, 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 you know, relationships um, um, pertaining to men and, black men and black women. Um, um, it's multi-generational, so you have... Um, people like D.L. Hughley and Earthquake, who keep it grounded, mm. who call the guys out on the things that they do that they need to fix. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a dope show. We're three seasons in. The third season just aired, um, finished airing in October. Um, but, yeah, it's it's doing well on Bounce TV. Mm. Oh, um, Cedric pops in, you know, and does an episode per season. Um and shows his support that way. So that's love, of course. But um, but yeah, I'm super proud of that show. Because again, being very intentional about what I put out there, mm-hmm. um, that show was important to me because I have five brothers, like I said. Mm-hmm. And when Thomas was telling me about this show, I'm like, we need this. I was like, send this to me right now. Mm-hmm. Because black men need to see this. Black women need to see black men in this way. Mm-hmm. Little black boys and black girls need to see black men in this way. And other nationalities need to see black men in this way. Mm-hmm. Because far too often, we're the drug dealers and the uh, the deadbeat dads and the, the menaces. You know what yeah. I'm saying? When, sure, that's a part of our culture, too. But by and large, that's not the everyday black man that we see. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so because media is the way that it is, our people are portrayed in these ways. And when I go to Italy, people are treating me any are trying to treat me any kind of way because of the media that they see Mm. from America. You know, so we have to do our part to make sure that we are controlling the narrative. Yeah. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? And so that's why it's so important to me to, like, have my own company, be selective about the shows that I produce um, and the films that I put out, um, be intentional about the people I'm working with, um, be um, um, open to doing things like this, to have these conversations, because I think that that's what's needed. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. We have to control the narrative, because if we don't, Everybody else will do it for us. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And, okay, so we can end it like this. <laughs> you know, where are we going with this? No. <laughs> what would younger Risha be proud of, the Risha that I just met today? What do you think she would be most proud of? I think she'd be the most proud of doing everything she loves. Like, literally, um, since I was nine years old, I wanted to do background vocals. Mm-hmm. Like, I was that little kid who was looking at the AMAs and the Grammys being like, or going to concerts with my parents mm-hmm. and being like, how you do that? 
right. the background vocals. Because I love harmonies. I love blending it. I love team sports. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never played organized sports, but I, like, I have brothers. So, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I've always been a part of a team, if you will. You know right. what I mean? And to me, more more than one head is better than one. Right. More than one voice is better than one to me. When those harmonies lock in, when when the blend is there, you know you're a musician. Mm-hmm. When that blend is there, you have a dope director like guiding you on what to do, and it's clear, mm-hmm. like, oh my God, that makes me high every time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and actually, Aloha was my first opportunity of doing background vocals. I've been a choir okay. girl my whole life, but mm-hmm. actual background vocals, Aloha was my first opportunity. That's my sister for mm-hmm. life. I love that. Love her so much. Like, that's why anything I'm ever doing, I'm trying everything to pull her into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, um, acting. Like, I've been acting since I was in grade school, you know, um, to still be doing it and to be doing it at the level that I'm doing it at. Um, Mr. Rogers, I didn't realize this until probably like two years ago. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was such an influence on my life. Oh. Absolutely. Um, and really, he's the reason why I have the logistical brain that I have. Mm. So when I think about like project management mm-hmm. and how that has flowed into produ- producing and then just navigating all these relationships and in, in, in opportunities that I have, like looking at 10-year-old Risha... My first opportunity in film and TV was I was I was ten years old. Mm-hmm. My fifth grade teacher, shout out to Miss Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, she got an opportunity for two kids from my grade school to um to go and do like a kids news segment or something. Mm-hmm. And she chose me and my friend Micah Alfred. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first time like going to a film studio and like sitting in a set and learning dialogue to be filmed on television and all these things. And they liked me so much, they brought me back for another kid's segment in the summertime called Summer Scoops. Mm-hmm. Like, I was 10. Yeah. Fast forward literally 30 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? 25, 30 years. And I'm doing things that I didn't even think I'd be doing. Mm-hmm. So young Risha would, would be excited that... I, like, took all these things that I loved as a child and that I'm, like, making money doing it and I'm being a blessing to people doing it and God is being um, praised and elevated doing it. Mm. Yeah. Johnson on Bounce TV. All day. Watch it. <laughs> Find it happy. Watch that too. Yes. Uh, and on Brown Sugar, there's a there's a streaming app called Brown Sugar. It's on there too. And you can catch it on Bounce T Bounce Bounce.com. Bounce.com. Yeah. Brown Sugar. All the things. Yeah. I gotta use the bathroom. <laughs> We're like cool. I love all of you. Thank you, Risha. Thank so you so much for coming through. Thank you for having me. This is dope. Yes. <laughs>